Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch Podcast. My name is Joe, and this week we are talking about The Perfect State, uh, chapters one through four. It's not really broken up by chapters, but section one through four, however you want to say that. Wherein we meet our uh, protagonist, Kai, uh, who turns out to be in some kind of Matrix-like world where his brain is in some kind of created environments by these weird overbeings and he's he's the emperor of his little sovereign state piece of piece of the world and uh he's got other people that are real that are that he's a, he's got an arch nemesis he goes and he has to go on a date because the overlords say he has to procreate so they have more live born people it's very strange that's as, that's probably the best way i i can describe it <laughs> uh but that's what we're talking about today with me as always is Dak, Jamie, and Data. So that's what we're talking about this week. Strap in, everyone, because the Sander Lanch is about to begin. So yeah, we got a very, very different from I think anything we've read sort of story here this time. Maybe it's a little bit similar to some of those like real short sci-fi things we read, but I don't know that even those are close to it. So what did you guys think of the first half of Perfect State? So I made I made kind of a joke in the intro about it being pretty derivative and like matrixy. And while I would still agree with that sentiment that this story is pretty derivative of like other sci-fi types of stories i i think because it's a novella it actually works and he's definitely put like a different spin on it than say uh like the matrix uh, kind of a more interesting spin um it's to me it's like a cross between matrix and westworld almost and so i you know i do think it's pretty pretty interesting um i'd be interested to read more stories well, of course, we don't know how this one ends yet, but I'd be interested to read more stories about this particular protagonist or even other people in different states, just because it seems like, you know, you could have an infinite number of different kinds of stories with this sort of setup. It, it almost lends itself to uh, like an anthology. So I'm sure that's, you know, like I said, we haven't read the end, so maybe it all gets blown up at the end. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it as derivative as I found it to be. It was also enjoyable to read and interesting. It does. I, I kind of agree. It does seem like there's a lot of potential for you could tell pretty much any kind of story and then have it end up being, oh, it, it's actually in this world where, you know, it, this is just this person's special universe made for them or whatever. So. That, that'll be the, that'll be the twist at the end of Stormlight. It turns out that um, it's all it's all it's all Hoyd's universe. Yeah, it's the entire Cosmere is is just in one of these universes. Yep, that would be funny. <laughs> I, 
I, I, I would not enjoy that, but it would be <laughs> I could, The instant rage would be palpable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. The, the entire fan base would turn on Brandon. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you said Matrix meets Westworld, because I had the exact same thought reading through this. And like, Once I figured out, oh, okay, it's a simulation, so it's the Matrix, but it's just them like designed so they can have like they they have their tasks and everyone around them is uh, fake. I'm like, all right, well that's Westworld. And then the main character's like, so it's okay. So it's Doctor Doom in Westworld Matrix. Cool, because <laughs> he's kind of an arrogant prick, but he was endearing as as time went on. It's like the the first few pages, I'm just like, you are just an arrogant shithead. But then like you learn, oh, the world is deliberately crafted for them to rise up and conquer it and everything's like, oh, okay. Well I guess that'll give anyone that sort of ego, so Yep. So that so yeah, like it was it was interesting. I like the world design. Like like Joe said, it's like it's nothing we haven't really seen before, but it was done in such a way that it was in, still interesting to read. So I I enjoyed that aspect of it. As soon as he went on the date with the girl, I'm like, Oh well the girl's gotta be his nemesis. <laughs> like I'm i I'm I'm sure predictions. In the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's kind of just, like, that's going to inform, like, anything I, like, when we start discussing the story, I'm just like, well, it's got to be that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, that just hit me as soon as it happened. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's got to be that, right? Yeah, no, I, I like his little friends in his world. <laughs> I like the Chancellor. Everyone's just like, I know you're a simulation, but you still just annoy the, and creep the piss out of me. <laughs> Yeah, so for like fun, fun, fun little, fun little side world. I've and um, yeah, like it would really lend itself. You could do a whole series of like little beats. It's like, and this one's in a cowboy world. This one's in a sci-fi world. This one's in a, uh, a dinosaur world. Who knows? Sci-fi cowboy world. It's yeah. Firefly. Yeah, as long as it's not dinosaur erotica world. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> One of those is out there somewhere. I guess if every single person they got has their own personal matrix, then they then they're going to rule thirty four at some point, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I want to be a part of a world where I am a T Rex that has sex with every other type of dinosaur. It's <laughs> 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 like whoever the word are, they've got this one programmer who's in the bag. It's like, damn it, we told you to stop doing that. Who let that guy on programming? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Teach that code monkey to code something else. <laughs> The revenge of Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, we told you to we told you to stop programming that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's an idiot. And our incompetent, yeah, yeah, and our incompetent programmers. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really liked this. I thought it was a lot of fun. It took me a little while to figure out what was going on. Hmm. I. Especially because it's so different to what we've been reading. I don't, I don't need my hand held all the way through it, but it's hard jumping into something, especially when it's a shorter story, that you're just kind of picking it up as you go. I feel like I've got to kind of pick up what's happening and then go back and read it so I understand what was happening. So that's just a bit of a struggle for me. Also, like as we know, I I read crime, so sci-fi and fantasy is a bit different for me. So unlike the other people on this podcast, <laughs> this was a new experience for me. I thought it was really fun. <laughs> it might be a concept that's been done a lot, but I I really I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. At first I was like, oh, it's it's kind of like you've been put into your own personal video game. You know, you've got all these these things. Like I, I was kind of visualizing that 
you know, if you had your backpack or something. And, okay, I also don't play a lot of games. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is only drawn off watching Dak play Skyrim that got your, your backpack <laughs> or something and you, you've collected all your bits and pieces and you can you can draw on that and use that here and you can draw on that when it when it's you see fit and I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. You've been injected into your own reality where like you are the person in your video game. And then it went, Oh, well, our brains are in a jar and I was like, Oh my god, Futurama <laughs> Is it Gam Gam? Shabadoo and Yeah, um, yeah. The grandparents. Nothing. The prof- um, yeah, the professor. Anyway. Anyway. That's what I was. I was like, oh my god, that's what this is. But I, I very much enjoyed the the Matrix parallel and the Westworld parallel. I sort of, I was so far in my own video game track that I'd forgotten about those things existing. But it's a really cool concept. It could just keep going. Like it's a short story, and I know we haven't finished it, but I'm almost like, oh, it's a shame it's a short story. I could totally get into this a bit more. And then the idea of throwing someone like from their world into a completely different world, you know, your god emperor of this fantasy kingdom, and it's like, ha, okay, put on a suit and board a train. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> what the hell is this thing? Sir, that is a gun. Yeah. I don't mean, uh, did they even tell him what it was called? It's just like, it's yeah. a thing. It was yeah, just no. suitable for the world. Oh, eventually they did. I think once he got in there. Once he got into the fight. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel like there's some details in there so far that I'm like, are these are these important details or is it just like filling a lot of space? But maybe it will come to fruition when we read the next lot of chapters. I just like, I feel like I know so much about what's going on now and I just don't know how much of it is relevant and what to filter mm-hmm. out. It's very busy in my brain, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool, a bit refreshing to do something really different and actually then sort of see what we see as our it's our normal life being so, so different for someone else so but but also it's still kind of different anyway but yeah lots of fun it, it's gram gram and shabadoo is i I, I, said, that up. I said gam gam and i was like it doesn't sound right <laughs> gram gram and shabadoo uh but yeah it, i'm kind of torn because it does like i agree with you I, my first thought is like oh i could i could read a lot more of this like this I, i'm kind of on one level i'm like i want to find out about like you know, let's get a prequel of him like rising to power in his this thing because it sounds kind of interesting. And then I'm like, but is it really interesting if like he can't die or anything? So it's just like, yeah, I like the idea that it wasn't all just handed to them on a silver platter. It's 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 a world that makes them happy. Like they still had to they still had to tick boxes to get to where they get to. But obviously, it's made easier in this yeah. world because everyone's kind of working with you, sort of. It's it's all kind of a grand design, whereas there's not really a grand design. If you decided to become God Emperor in real life, you know, you're going to have people that are going to object. And then, yeah, of course, you can be killed and there's some kind of mortality cost there. Other <laughs> this whole you're immortal because you drank this special potion or whatever. But, man, like I would love to read about how you came to, he came to that realisation, not realisation, but that was the age of awareness. Imagine imagine being 50 years old. You think your life is half over and then you're told, by the way, <laughs> yeah. this is the thing. <laughs> just, that would be wild. It would just throw everything you thought out. None of, none of us has hit that yet, so it could still happen. Oh, there we go. <laughs> God damn. I guess I, could ask my, I guess I could ask my dad. He would know. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not if you're the main character, and uh, you know, if your dad is just a sim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty boring. I doubt I'm the main character. 
<laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, if I'm the main character, that I have not been taking over the universe as well as I should have. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Def, but, you know, he was 300 years old by the time he conquered, so, you know, you got time. It's true. Uh, okay, let's let's do this thing. I don't know if you guys looked at the cover, but it's an interesting, uh, like, I'm not sure what to make of it, honestly. Uh, hang on, let me flick back to it. All right, we got a guy extending his hand up with purple glowy around the hand and a giant robot attacking him. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound, that doesn't seem quite right. You yeah. got, like, Fabio with a sword and then Vagnagun coming at him. I don't know, it's it's weird. It looks like the Iron Giant has had a really bad day. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Go back and look at this cover. Let's see. Oh, yeah. It is a whole thing, isn't it? So maybe we'll see that later, or maybe <laughs> that has nothing to do with this book at all. <laughs> this robot pops up and goes, are you a mutant? No. Oh, wrong universe. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Have a nice day. Fare <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> thee well, citizen. They they do kind of throw us right into it with the guy being like, so yeah, I, I was uh, on my 300th birthday that I finally managed to conquer the world. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like reading the first sentence, I'm just like, oh, great, get over yourself. You conquered the world. Big fucking deal, mate. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, the next 50 years, I was kind of bored, but uh, then I developed a nemesis. And then I feel like we don't really touch back on the nemesis for a while. And I'm like, but, but I want to hear about the nemesis. Yeah, it really just like threw that out there and then started talking and... Then he started talking about the Chancellor. I'm like, are we saying the Chancellor is the nemesis? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit confusing. And then we go into, like, there is not, a, even by the time we get to the end of the section, there's not a whole lot of explanation of the magic system in this world, but I guess that's because, like, it only applies to this one area, more or less. So we don't need, especially if, if he's going to spend much of the story outside of his own kingdom, we probably don't really need to know about it. But it is called Lansing, and it can do a whole variety of things, apparently. And I like because we're used to Brandon's fantasy uh, books at this point, you, you don't necessarily blink an eye at all the like, you know, there's magic, there's uh, guys in plate armor hanging around, all this stuff. You're just like, OK, yeah, I buy that. And so it's it's an even weirder turn when later we're in like a 1920s gangster movie or something. And uh, Shale, the knight, I like he's just like, you got to figure out weather, man. This is it's annoying when we have to fly through bad weather. Yeah, well, we just drove through a thunderstorm today, so deal with it. <laughs> yeah, quit complaining. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're you know they're chatting. He's talking. He's thinking about how he's going to figure out weather eventually because he can control weather in like small areas using the grand aurora that encircles the world or whatever. So he's like, I'll figure it out. Just that, this that section where they're talking about controlling the weather gave me flashbacks to. I don't know if you guys have seen. There's a movie called The Avengers, not the one you're thinking yep, of. The Sean uh, it's based on. Yeah, based on the TV show with uh, um, so I had Ray Fiennes, Uma Thurman, Sean Connery. Absolutely awful movie. And like the whole thing is Connery's the bad guy. He's trying to take control of the weather and then blackmail the world into giving him money, and he controls the weather. I'm like, this is fucking dumb. And so this section where they're talking about, oh, I'll figure out control of the weather. I'm just like, please tell me you're not going in that direction. <laughs> that is like one of the my list toppers for like so bad that it's fun movies. Is you got Sean Connery <laughs> dressed up in a giant teddy bear outfit and like hamming it up as the bad guy. It's it's I I, I love it. I mean yeah, it was fun watching him as a bad guy and Ray Fiennes was and Uma Thurman were always pretty good. But it's like I don't know, it was just kind of uh, this is happening now. Like you, you could tell it was a movie like where the characters are British but the writers were American because they were so obsessed with their tea. <laughs> <laughs> 
But the, that's one of those where like the 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 Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman characters, which I guess you know they're they're straight out of the show. I've never seen the show. No, you're but right. That was I the was 60s, just, wasn't it? I think so. I was just like, these are kind of fun. Like like this this the concept with like the silly spy and like uh, type stuff and the very these two characters I like. I could stand to see them in like a different movie with like a better story than the one that was written for this one. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But that reminds me of uh, oh, what's that? The Man from Uncle. That's another oh spy movie based on a TV show that I I really like that one. And I'm like, I yeah, wish I, there could have been. I really like that, that movie. Yeah, it was great. But it just reminds me of that because I'm like, there's these characters that I'm like, these are fun characters. I want to see them in another story, but uh, we're not going to get another one of those. Uh, not just because it didn't do well, but because what's his name is the cannibal or whatever. Yeah, Army so. Army Hammer was the Russian guy, and like, oh, that guy's careers in the toilet. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a documentary to watch. House of Hammer. Anyway. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, back to this. <laughs> it, it took me forever to understand what is happening here uh, in this next part where he opens a letter. It's like the seal is from my spy networks. And then it's like, your majesty, I want to inform you that the Wode scroll has once again. And then he's like, oh, no, he, he, he gets mad and like drops it. And he's like, it wasn't actually from my spy network. Besk just knows that I opened my spy reports first. And I don't I had no idea what was going on. And I reread that like three or four times the first time. Like, what is happening here? I don't who. Who's Besk and what is it's from the spy network, but not. I don't I don't get it. So I don't know if anyone at all like had a similar. Yeah, no, I was lost. It's um, it's yeah, all those details that are popping up in the start of the stories because you just you just jump straight into it. So you have all these details come up and you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't understand the significance of it yet. Like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. But then once you get a bit more, you can go back and go, ah, it makes sense now. Mm-hmm. For me, I thought it was. I mean, the way that I understood that particular portion was that Besk knew he wouldn't read it if if it looked like it was from him. So he made it look like it was from the spy network so that he would read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's what I get to eventually. But the first time when I got there, I was like, I don't what? what? But yeah. And they have a conversation about like cause I, he's flying them through the sky on like a magical platform. And this knight's just like, man, I miss the, I miss the old ways, like horses and stuff. And they have a funny little joke where he's like, oh, yeah, you, you, that's just because it's part of your concept. The dashing knight on horseback winning the hands of fair maidens. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I had a bunch of hands, a couple arms, occasional foot. I want more shale. He's a, he's a fun little guy. Hopefully he'll show up again. Though he's now happily married with five children. So I guess he's not. Uh... Although we find out here in a minute that he took like immortality potion also. So he may outlive the children. Who knows? That's sad. Why would you bring that up? I know. It is sad, right? <laughs> But they're all fake, so it's fine. Although, I guess we find out later, it's like the the creators or whatever recognize the rights of these uh, computer-born or whatever they're called, machine-born. And so he's mad about the note. He's like, Besk is way too smart for his own good. I got to fire that guy and hire a stupid chancellor. Either that or hack Besk and rewrite his concept, which here's where we start getting into. I don't know what, at what point you guys are figuring out that this is all like a computer simulation, but that seems like a good uh, hint there. He's like, I'll just hack that guy. But he's not really very good at hacking, so whatever. <laughs> and then they have the thing where he's like, there's another robot and the night and Shale the night says yawn. And he goes, you just you just yawn. You don't have to also say it, which I love that. That's exactly the kind of thing. <laughs> And so he's complaining that he's getting older, that, that those old things like hunting dragons and finding magical swords just don't do it for him anymore. And he's just like, that's 
the kind of thing I needed in my youth. And now as I'm like maturing, it's it's not like the person that I am at this point or the person I've become. I don't even have to like do much running of the empire anymore. It pretty much runs itself. So it's like he's got like a Senate and diplomats and stuff. So there's like some there there's there's like democracy happening here. But he just maintains the right to step in if they do something just super stupid. Which, if you trust the guy at the top, that's probably a really good system. If. Yeah, that that's, that's <laughs> the real problem. Somewhere Rashik is going, oh, fuck, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> uh, so they get back to his city. It's a very big, nice city. His bodyguard is trying to bodyguard, and he's trying to argue against the bodyguarding. He's like, I'm your bodyguard. One of us has to be ready. Remember the time those Sky Nomads tried to pinch you? Which, that sounds like a fun story. Let's hear about the Sky Nomads. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun stories we don't get. <laughs> and here's where we we start getting into he mentions the Wode's age of awareness where he found out his true nature and then he's trying to avoid Besk and Besk pops out and is like hey we need to talk about this thing and he's like no I've got some I got some important stuff I gotta do it's just it's super I gotta go write this stuff down I'll talk to you later but Besk is not going to be put off and it's it's probably a really good thing to have like a good lieutenant like that who uh knows when to follow orders and knows when to be like uh no you know i'm gonna for your own good i'm gonna not listen to you this time <laughs> and thank god he's not the kind of ruler who takes that as treason and has him beheaded yeah although he he was just thinking it's like i should get rid of this guy and get a stupid one so <laughs> taking new applicants and what is your name uh jimmy <laughs> so it says that in over a century of rule this is the only time the woad has called upon you so if he became the ruler of the world at 300 i guess he's like 400 now and so the Wode, uh, the people in charge, has been sending communications through the Wode scroll, the only way to communicate with the outside, at least officially. And they, the Wode's letters have been gradually becoming more forceful. Just picture these omnipotent people on the outside just, like, writing these letters, putting into, putting them into the code so they can see it's like, stop ignoring us. <laughs> Seriously, that is so frustrating. <laughs> Well, it's like if, if they're looking into a computer simulation, like you imagine it's just like one of these programmers who's like, why is the computer fucking doing this? I didn't tell it to run that program yet. <laughs> fucking stop doing this shit. I didn't say to do. Do the words have tech support? Right. Maybe. They have to like go in there. It's going to be like, uh, it's going to be like free guy where the, the tech guys for some reason go into the game and <laughs> yeah. dress, dress up like a bunny or whatever to <laughs> get the guy out. Not how. Uh, <laughs> That should work, but whatever. Oh, maybe that's who the nemesis is. It's just tech support. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, but so Vesk is just like, why are you even fighting this so much? Like, they want you to go and do one a thing for one day. And I don't know at, at what point in here, if you guys are thinking about it, that you figure out what he's being asked to do. But it's kind of funny that they have to go back and forth for a while. He's like, this is your duty to your species. And he's like, what's my species ever done for me? Yeah, look, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, man, they want you to have a baby. Wait, you're <laughs> head in a jar. Oh. Virtual baby? I was like, I kind of don't want to know. I guess they just <laughs> do genetic material and clone you? I don't know. Sure, we'll get there. It's, yeah, it's not entirely clear why it's not like, it's just, so yeah, this, he, this is where he brings out, I'm a brain in a jar, one of trillions. Why can't they bother one of the other ones? <laughs> I'm just imagining some dude holding two braids together going, kiss! <laughs> kiss 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 fight 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 no and so we get a little more detail about here we get you know at the age of 50 they informed him that his reality was a layered simulation and Vesk is here he's not one of the woad uh, 
our, our main character, who we'll call Kai for simplicity's sakes, but who's named Kai Romanus. That's that's a name. He's never met any of the woad. He doesn't know what uh, what's actually going on out there, just what they tell him. So in all, all honesty, like it, there could be anything out there. He might be the last brain left, for all we know, if they're not telling the truth. And so basically, he's like, you know, if I don't listen, they could just change the world in a way that would make me do it. So but he's like, I mean, yeah, they need my DNA. Have at it. Like what? What? And Besk explains like they have. You have to ant- interact with the woman. The precepts say you must choose her and she you, and then you must meet one another and perform the act. And he's like, why? <laughs> and there's no, there's no. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Our precepts must be obeyed. <laughs> Go and get busy. <laughs> it's for the fate of the universe. You must get busy. <laughs> I did do the nasty and the pasty. <laughs> Baby, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> Erotic. <laughs> <laughs> Just a whole whole storm of Futurama quotes this t- this episode. Yeah, I hope you guys are all enjoying. The flesh is, or the spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's what he says. What he says, he, like you know, you have to do the act. Can we just cuddle? <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got the the rules. Jin Wei's doctrine states that the essential morality of mankind is to create the greatest amount of happiness among the greatest number of people while using the least amount of resources. Which yeah, okay, I mean that makes sense. So I don't, did, like, are babies born and then they immediately cut out their brains, or I, it's just weird. That's what it sounded like to me, and I did not like that. No. Oh, yeah, it says they remove the brains when they're fetuses. So, yeah, that's... Ugh. Ugh, exactly. Yeah. It's a big ugh. <laughs> Each live-born gets an entire world in which they are the most important person of their time. Artists, politicians, everyone has a chance for greatness. That's good. But they also get their brains cut out when they're fetuses. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. But they're the ruler of the world. That's good. <laughs> But it's just their own individual world, and they don't actually get to interact with Liveborn unless they're, you know, killing each other. That's bad. Procreate. I, I do like that. I, his his real issue seems to be he's like he he imagines all these other like millions of emperors out there, basically millions of other people like him, and he's like, I don't like thinking about that. Like I had to work real hard to get what I got, and there's apparently a million other guys doing the same thing. And so finally, he's like, okay, fine, pick a girl from the list. Under a request, we'll go have dinner. And then uh, in the middle of the conversation, Besk is like, uh, dude, the wall? And the wall says, like, words appear in the in the wall saying, child emperor, I've created a nice surprise for you. He's like, wait a second, you're not allowed to hack stuff in my palace. That's against the precepts of engagement. And uh, Meli, his, is who he's saying this is, his enemy, his nemesis, the precepts are only words, so are your screams. Yeah, all right. Hardcore. It's just like a bit Wait. overly edgy. Yeah. You will scream, child. You will scream. Which are, we've established that he's like three or four hundred years old. So the whole child thing is kind of condescending. I guess if this guy's like a thousand, though. Yeah. Fair point. And uh, he's, he gets rid of the stuff with using his magic. And he's like, this guy needs to learn. He's never going to beat me. Surely he has to see that by now. So apparently he's just always beats his nemesis, which that's a good quality in a nemesis. You don't want a nemesis who's always beating you. That's no fun. I probably also wouldn't want that I could beat every time either. Like you, you want to mix it up a little bit. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a game of Pokemon where I grind it too hard. My nemesis never beats me. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Yes. Like Gary just keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah, I keep later. beating him. Whoever in later games. Yeah. You know. Uh let's see. There's Gary. There's the redheaded kid. So uh, uh Yep. I don't know. I didn't I didn't play Ruby and Sapphire. I played Emerald, but it was a long ass time ago. I haven't played the remakes. And finally, Besk is just like, okay, so do you, you want me to choose the girl at the top? The list is sorted by compatibility. And he's like, you want me to choose the most compatible one? And Kai's like, go, no, no. Pick the one at the bottom of the list. We may as well have an interesting time. Which he comes to regret slightly later on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the end of chapter one. We get a lot of information real fast. And it's like, okay, that's all out of the way. Let's keep moving. So they're going to go to a communal state. So the different places where these people, the liveborns are like live or whatever is called, they're called states, which, hey, there's your title, perfect state. I guess that uh, fits right in there. But the communal ones, any liveborn is allowed to visit those. Although Kai does not make a habit of that. Meanwhile, his his bodyguard wants to go with him. But uh, he's like, no, if you go in there, it'll mess you up. Like you're. You're an NPC, basically, and if you go in there, it'll, like, change your backstory to fit with the place we are, and it, that will not end well for you. Shale says, if Molly were still alive, they'd never have chosen you. The Wode only picks the unattached. And so we find out that he was married or attached to a woman. Uh, she's been gone for 90 years. Yeah, she was a simulated person? I guess so, yeah. And he says he says that I should have accepted the advances of one of the willing women around. I could have had a harem. I had a harem at one point before her. So he's uh, he's he's done a little bit of everything in his. Uh... <laughs> so not all live born are required to have children with other live born. I guess not. I don't know. Only when they deem it appropriate maybe yeah. they know when the people are going to die and they're like you're about to die so we need you to procreate we need we need some more people like we're running out of people off you go yeah his nemesis you know is saying he's going to kill him pretty good so what was the wife's name molly uh, oh molly yeah that's the girl he won't be able to use his magical powers in the other state or at least most of them the ones that require tapping into the aurora or whatever that surrounds his world so that's gonna be bad for him and i just love when this random stuff about like his history comes out like besk is like hey i've been researching in the tomes you discovered in the great horde of the lich father the seers visions of the other states say this i'm like wow that's how they got you the information about the other states huh so stuff that's innate he besk thinks will still work so not lancing but uh he apparently has mental boosts that speed up his brain processes, so those will probably still work. And uh, he has healing boosts, which increase his ability to heal, and those might work. And Shale does not like him going on his own because he's like, yeah, healing, whatever. You know, if something happens to you, you could die. And that's when we find out that Jin Wei's doctrine says that you have to experience real danger or you'll never find joy in excelling. So there has to be a real chance that you can die. Which then later, his date seems to con contradict that but i guess though if the doctrine tells you that there's a real chance you'll die if you if you think there's a real chance that you'll die mm -hmm. then you're you're covered but even if you're not really gonna die they kind of just jip you of that instead 
wonder if you can like jump into a volcano or something just to see if they'll save you. That's probably not a great way to test. But <laughs> that, that, you were wrong, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would just okay. Well, that's done. Uh, whoops. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> and so he gets uh, he gets a weapon that uh, is supposed to work in the state and some clothes that are appropriate. And I like to note that he's an orphan. The best kings always are. You're in your own world, mate. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know what the best kings do? The absolute, I was going to say the same thing. It's like, I guess the best kings in this world, but I feel like that's more the author, like giving a wink to the audience, but <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And so what he did, what he can still use is a direct mental link. So he'll be able to talk to Besk while he's in there, which that just provides us with some fun commentary as things go down. And so when he gets in here, there's a flash of light and he's on a train, a strange tubular contraption on wheels. And Besk is like, oh, yeah, this is called a train. I've actually been reading about them. We might be able to use something like this uh, to get between cities fast. And so he's uh, he's kind of uh, he has a, there's a long section of him trying to figure out what is up with these weird clothes he suddenly has to wear. Like these uncomfortable shoes, the thin scarf tied around his neck. The collar was buttoned too close to the neck for my comfort. I know what you're talking about, man. I hate wearing a tie, too. It's fine. Yeah. He's got like a fedora or something going on. Covering my regal hair felt like a shame. <laughs> <laughs> These pants do not give the royal butt cheeks the right, <laughs> the, the right classiness. <laughs> It's a velour skirt. It's fine. <laughs> and so the city is called Maltese, which I guess is giving us a hint at what uh, we're being referenced here. He's he tries to explain what a gun is, where he's like, you point the tube at your enemy and you pull the trigger, and he's like, oh, like a crossbow. Yeah, yeah, like a crossbow. It's all good. <laughs> I got this. You know, same old crossbow skills. They transfer. It's fine. Well, but apparently in his state, he has they have aiming modifications to, like, auto-aim for you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, they don't have those here. This might be tricky to shoot. And if you're going to be God Emperor of your own world, you're going to want some help making sure you can aim a gun. <laughs> or cross. He's just, he's coming to a new game, and they've turned off auto-aim. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, shit. I was like, you're playing on easy mode, mate, with auto-aim in your, in your area? That's, uh, that's for scrubs. What are you doing? And so he tells him how to get to the place. He's like, you have a reservation for dinner. It's all good. And so he's walking through this place after he gets out of the, the train. Passing. Like, he passes a street performer with a loud brass horn. And he's like, man, I got to make sure the people where I'm from don't find out about these horns. That's annoying. He says it has a slur to it, almost as if the music itself were drunken. I'm trying to figure out, are we is, are we talking about, like, a trombone or a saxophone? What are, what are we doing? I, I don't know. It could be any of them. I do, I do like the idea of like somehow this takes off in his world and he just becomes overrun with tromboners. <laughs> He's like, no, why? <laughs> God, they're everywhere. And that's the advent of ska music. Yay! <laughs> and then he, Besk is telling him about how there's elections here. The local population chooses a liveborn to rule them. So it's like it's part of the game of this like common uh, state. Everyone can come so they can try to manipulate elections and influence people to vote for them. Just, uh, you know, it's you got to find stuff to keep you interested after a while, I guess. 
at some point they released the election update and everyone was like, oh, finally, some new content. And I like he, he's just scoffing at like every two years. Pff, the guy can't have much power if he's only elected for two year period. Forget that. And then he hears gunshots and just takes off running straight for it without hesitation. And Besky's like, I thought, what about not getting involved? And she's like, shut up, dude. And so he comes upon a group of people. Uh, some guys are advancing on a young woman. And she's shooting at them. They're shooting at her. There's a, another woman that was with her, but it's down. And he's like, alert the woad. Something illegal is happening here. And so he rushes in to save the woman, shoots at the guys, helps uh, distract the, the, the them so that the woman can run. And he joins her, and he's just like, you know this area better than I do. Where should we? Which way should we run? And then she sh- raises her weapon and shoots at him. And because of his mental boosts, he's able to get out of the way uh, of the shot and not get hit. And so he then puts two shots in her chest. And, uh, like, he's thinking about how primitive it feels to be using a metal tube instead of the powers of the Grand Aurora. <laughs> And then you got Besk back, Besk back here counting shots. Like, you got one shot left. Which makes me think of Archer. I don't know if anybody watches Archer, but it's like a recurring gag that he's in the middle of gunfights and he is constantly counting how many shots everyone has fired so he knows when they're out. And everyone's always amazed. It's like, how do you know that? He's like, am I the only one who, count, who can, can count, really? And so as they walk up, he throws the gun at one of the guys and then finds a metal bar and uh, pulls it out and smacks a guy with it it's not indelibrian my enchanted sword but it's good enough he breaks a dude's hand with it and that's when he the, the guy falls to his knees and he's like stop what are you crazy what are you doing <laughs> stop hitting me and one of the other guys is like okay stranger calm down time out pause everybody <laughs> and one of the guys says raul this is your own fault you got into a melee he goes, doesn't mean he can hit me with a freaking bar. And the other guy's like, actually, it does. So I guess those are the rules. If you willingly initiate melee combat, then uh, you you have to take the results of it. And so they're, they're like, oh, he got Jasmine. What faction are you? Faction? What are you? And he's got a little, a little device strapped to his wrist. He's like, oh, let's see. And the girl he shot gets up. And he's like, is this necromancy? No, wait. Um... My shots did not actually pierce her clothing. It's just, uh, it's paint. The shots were, are, are explode, explode into paint when they hit. And she's just like, what kind of dumb trap was that, Raul? Did you really think I'd believe someone was coming to my aid at the last minute? He's like, that wasn't us. And so everyone just turns to stare at him, and he's like, um, I'm I'm Chiraminus of Alornia, god emperor of... And the woman's just like, oh, hell, a medieval statey. And the, the other guy's like, yeah, the kill the kill was registered as a wild card. So, and now she has to spend two weeks unable to be seen by the local AIs. And she, Jasmine is very upset about what getting killed by a wild card is going to do to her rankings. And so they're all very mad at at this guy for in getting involved in their uh, the game here. And he's just like, I, I don't know what's going on. This is weird. And then they start making fun of him for being from a fantasy thing, charging in here to rescue a woman. And she's just like, I don't even understand why the Wode would do that to somebody, make them grow up in a barbaric, primitive surroundings like that. Which I can see if you're from like a more futuristic state, why uh, you'd be like, 
they're growing up like without, you know, bathrooms or bone knitting <laughs> technology or this and that. Messed up. Like primitive people. Like, oh man, you guys don't even know how to use indoor plumbing. <laughs> we have to use magic to get rid of our waste. <laughs> so yeah, it's all a game. You get points, you get killed. If you get killed, then the locals can't see you for a couple weeks. Very, uh, I mean, yeah, this is the multiplayer version of the game, basically. <laughs> Just playing paintball. Yeah. But he does note, as, like, they're all looking at him, that he can tell that these are all, like, rulers in their own worlds, essentially. They, they just, they look a certain way, they move a certain way. They don't give a shit about you, basically. They, they know that they're the most important person around. And I like that he's thinking about, like, these, these guys who show up and they join one of the local gangs and try to take over a portion of the city and run a criminal empire. I might have found that entertaining in my early 70s or whatever, back when I was a kid, but... Chapter three, he shows up at the restaurant and the, the guy at the door has like pictures of the live born. He's supposed to let in so that uh, this guy doesn't have to wait in the in the line to try to get past the bouncer. And he's admiring the decorations and such when uh, uh, the woman shows up. Red dress, spiked heels, shoulder length hair. And uh, they start getting into it. I like that she's immediately like, you know, that it's good manners to rise in the presence of a lady. He's like, well, it's also good manners to curtsy to the God Emperor, but whatever. And she's like, ah, oh, shit, you're one of those. Okay. Kai Romanus, the first of Alornia, keeper of the seventeen lanterns, master of ultimate lancing, slayer of Galbrometh. <laughs> um, I love that I'm, she's like, ah, oh, been on this radio before. <laughs> right. I'm curious, like, so they give him this list of potential mates, and um, they don't like check these people, see, all right, what sort of what sort of world are they inhabiting? Like, what do they rule? Yeah, I don't know if you get information other than, like, how compatible they supposedly are with you. That's the only thing we know for sure is on that list. Yeah. I mean, like, the guy's outside. It's like, there's like oh, he's a medieval guy. Like, mm-hmm. fair enough. But, like, she's here specifically to meet with him. She doesn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, if his name was on the list, it's Chiromanus or whatever. <laughs> I feel like that should yeah. be a hint. He's probably not and from the sci-fi world. 500. Hmm. Yeah. Did you ride a unicorn here? She says, and he's like, "Yeah, we don't have those." <laughs> <laughs> unicorn. I love that. Uh, we don't have those anymore. Turns out they're really tasty. <laughs> so delicious. And she is Sophie from an emerging equality state where she led a civil rights movement, and then served five terms as the first female world president. So not the first world president, but the first female one. I guess there was already some world presidents. And. He, trying to be polite he's like oh impressive and she's just like no it's not i'm just playing into the role that they set up for me she's she's very anti-establishment as we're finding out very and she tells it's like uh, you're arrogant but i mean we all are and then she kind of just like goes off on him about like how she knows exactly his type and lists off all these things about him and he thinks at best like maybe we shouldn't have picked from the bottom of the list after all (laughs) And uh, he's like, I mean, why are you even here and talking about how much you hate authority when you're, you're the president of the world? And she's like, oh, no, I stopped that. I just walked out in the middle of a World Senate meeting, snuck off to a high science state, learned some, te- some technology that wasn't technically forbidden in my own state, and then came back and armed a rebel faction with advanced weaponry and started a global civil war. And he's just like, that's that's horrible. Like, how many people have died? She's like, whatever, like, you never started a war. 
and he's outraged by her just killing all these people unnecessarily. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You discover that lost continent yet? He's like, what? no, there's not a lost. Yeah, 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 of course there is. There's always lost continent. The programming will chuck it in there. Once start, things start to get boring for you and you need a new challenge. Keep you busy for another couple hundred years until even the Wodes technology can't keep your brain going anymore. And then they'll give you a few more years of peace before you die. I've read about fantasy states. So apparently there's some sort of information out there somewhere that uh, you can read about the other states. And he he's still unhappy about how many people she's killed in her state. And she's like, those are just pieces of the of machine. Bits in a machine. And he goes, that's the most primitive thing I've ever heard. And I fought barbarians. So she doesn't see the machine born as real people. She's like, it's all just fabrication. And he's like, well, but what we feel is a fabrication too. Like, it's just signals sent to our brain. And so they have an argument basically about like, you know, how are we really that different from the AIs in here? And honestly, at that point where your existence is total, like in the real world, you're just a brain and all of your existence is inside here. I don't know that you are that different, but I guess people can't program you to do things probably. And he says, I'm pretty sure I've read that the Wode recognizes the rights of machine born. Don't they leave a state running even if the live born dies? And she says, and I don't know where she got the information, but she's like, yeah, but they eventually nudge the state back towards chaos and uh, eventually inject a new live born in there to grow up and rule it again. And so she calls him out and says, you've never done anything real. Something that wasn't just programmed or that couldn't have been just programmed in from the start. And he has to acknowledge that she's got some points and she's kind of surprised. Like, oh, I didn't expect you to actually admit that you could be wrong. And he says, you know, at least we can still die. And she goes, no, that's a myth. Like, I promise you, no live born ever dies from anything except old age. Except for when you reach your later centuries and they allow you to interfere with each other's states. We can kill each other, but the simulations can't hurt us. And he doesn't want to hear that. But he's like, no, I mean, I believe you. I already knew. Like, I had a, I had a feeling about this. I just didn't want to be confronted with the fact that, you know, I was never I've never been in real danger my entire life. That's kind of depressing. The real reason I avoided other states and other live born was that everything we do feels like those guys out there playing with paint guns. It's all just a game. My secret worry wasn't just that I might be normal, but I might also be coddled like a baby in a crib. Which yeah, it would definitely suck. Yeah, right? Like everything you've ever done has just been handed to you. That's depressing. And she says that she came, she's never come to another of these live born meetings before. But she was intrigued because this guy is the first one who ever picked her from the bottom of the compatibility list. <laughs> and he's just like, OK, but if that's the case, why did you like put makeup on beautiful dress like you're trying to impress here? And then he spills some wine and looks down and finds words appearing in the spilled wine. I am coming, child. You will scream. He's just like, damn it. Not now. I don't, need, I don't even want to know how you hacked a, com a communal state. And so he's like, okay, come on, let's go. And he basically drags her out of the restaurant. She's like, why are we doing this? And uh, he's complaining about the shoes and how uncomfortable they are. What, what's wrong with boots as they're trying to escape from whatever is about to happen? And she's like, I mean, boots are ugly. And he goes, says the woman wearing heels as long as a hand span. <laughs> and she retorts that these are considered very fashionable. And it enrages my inner feminist to no end to wear them alongside a dress like this. <laughs> okay. 
she's just like, I mean, it does weird things to you to realize that the conservative establishment is forcing you to be a progressive liberal fighter for universal rights. If I'm going to buck the establishment and that is the establishment, then I have to go against that also. I had to become a complete anarchist. And so she saw the words on the tablecloth, too, and he goes, it was a message from my nemesis. And she's like, nemesis, what is this, middle school? I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's That may be one of my favorite lines. It's like, I have no idea what that thing is you just said. Our children are raised on the battlefield. <laughs> and she's like, how do you even get a nemesis? Like, undefeated dragon back home? Or no, it's another live born. And she's like... Uh, you realize you're just playing into what the Wode wants, right? And she wants more information on this guy, and he says it's a long story, and she's like, well, it looks like we've got a lot of steps. So, And that's when we move into Chapter 4, which is about the first meeting with Melly in the border state. His first time in a border state, he rides in with a legion of 50,000 troops. He's on his little hovering platform. But he can still use magic here. So whatever it is, it's not like the communal state where he can't do anything. This is a border state where, like, the world of his state kind of is blended in here. But this border state is just a very small. It's a little valley with forest on each side. But uh, that's all it is. The only exits are the path leading back to their state and two other paths leading to other states where other live-born rule. And living in this little valley are some primitive people with uh, spears and wooden shields and violet skin and the local trees make uh, a kind of spice that allows these people to be superior warriors fight tirelessly recover from deadly wounds all the all that good jazz they are just all that jazz (laughs) all right we're stepping out of the matrix for a minute we're going to dune that that is what what you think of when somebody goes spice right so well, it's not just because it's spice, but also it's like, oh, it's a magic spice that is responsible for all these wonderful things. Like, all right, yep, that's Dune. Dune. And they have a special kind of metal that you can only mine in this valley that uh, will make spears that cut through steel like butter. Condor so forever? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're like, well, we need to get this stuff. We want this metal and this spice. And he kind of twigs to exactly what's going on here as we find out where it's like, of course, they would put something here that's very valuable that we would want so that we have a reason to fight someone else for it. And so they approach the locals and they're like, hey, don't you want to have an alliance with us? We're super powerful. And just as uh, the chief is about to say something, he's like, OK, yeah, where is he? Who? The other live born. I know you're going to tell me that you've met another guy like me and you want us to fight to determine who's the most powerful so that that's the person you'll ally with right i get it so just tell me where he is and they say that the other one's in the village you have to come with us to meet them and of course shale is not happy about letting uh the person he's supposed to be bodyguarding go off with a bunch of weird strangers but uh kai is like no no i mean you know this is what we're here for so he walks off where he's going to the creature I would come to know as Melly was waiting in the village, and that is the end of our four chapters. So it's kind of a kind of a cool place to end, actually. I like that; it's very dramatic. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. So let's do some predicaments for how the back half of this is going to go. I know Jamie called out Dak for doing one already, but let's. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you guys got? <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. I don't know that I agree that uh, that she is 
possibly the nemesis. Although, I don't think, has he asked her name? Her name is Sophie. Sophie. Yeah, Sophie. Sophie. She, 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 okay. asked, but she introduced herself. She introduced herself, yeah. But uh, because this is all set up by the Wode, and they gave him a list, and, mm-hmm. you know, presumably he's met Melhi and fought Melhi before and would know. I mean, I know Melhi's king of robotics or something, but but I don't know that the that he could circumvent the Wode to that level. So I don't know that I agree with that uh, that she's Melhi, maybe a Melhi minion. But uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I foresee some possible game-breaking event where they break out of the Matrix and destroy the Woad because uh, she helps him realize the, his potential and that it's not the, the – you know, they shouldn't just keep going in, uh, in uh, circles and they shouldn't keep following this laid-out plan for them. But other than that, yeah, I'm not uh, – I don't have a lot of – a lot of insight into what's going to happen with with something being so short it's kind of like literally anything could happen <laughs> we don't have a lot of you know we don't have a lot of pre-info here to kind of inform what's going to happen next so it literally could be anything they could they could walk out of uh this dimension and into our dimension for all i know it's an interesting point like uh anything could kind of happen at this point but so is it really possible that they could, like, get out and overthrow the Wode if they're actually just brains in jars? <laughs> that's a, that's a good point. So here you go. Here's what they do. They team up with Melhi. They put their brains in robots. And then the robots can somehow leave. Uh, I mean, now they have bodies, right? Like, they've got – they actually have been put in bodies of some kind. I don't know. No, they're just brains in jars is what we're told. Hmm. I don't know then. Although that that is once again just what the Wode have said, so I don't know that we yes, know that. Told. Yeah, like you are a brain in the jar. Okay. Yeah, pretty much as soon as she showed up, I was like, well, that's got to be Melhi, because like it just it just seemed like all right, this is a major character, one he knows nothing about, so this is going to be the subterfuge, like Melly getting inside his head, because Mel Melly's playing the obvious game with the words on the wall to distract him from what's in front of him which is this girl that he's matched with. And, and yeah, if this, if, if this guy can just hack every state that he wants, like he's obviously he's figured out what Kai, well, she, she has figured out what Kai would do with the list and has just tweaked it to set it, set up. I don't know what the end game is. I don't know if Melly actually wants Kai's help in breaking the, the word system and getting out. Thinks Kai is probably the best person to help with that. And so, the only way to approach Kai was as an equal, as an adversary, to get his attention. So I think mm. that was, I think that was the motivation there. And but it's like now we're going, we're going into like this massive story of like how we met Melly, and I'm just like, well, this has got to like reference the fact that you know she's she's here. I, I don't know what I don't know what other role Sophie could play, honestly. Like with her talk of bucking the system and fixing everything, she doesn't sound like she's just gonna like fall in line and assist him in bringing Melly down. So no, I think I think I think she is Melly, and uh, yeah. But I don't. I I think I think the whole adversary thing was just like I said, just to get just to get Kai's attention and then get him on side. Interesting. So yeah, I mean that would the it would be it, it has been a very dramatic series of uh, you are going to scream type messages to eventually like no no i i I want us to like work together well i mean like again that could just be getting his attention or it could be talking about the copulating who knows but uh yeah no i think that that was just 
Because like if yeah, if you approach offering alliance or asking for help, and he so and and Kai is the sort of medieval ruler who will just go, well, that's a sign of weakness. I'm going to try and take you down. So you put on this grand display of like I am not intimidated by you at all. So he will take you more seriously, and then you can make the offer. Mm. I don't know if we know how long. I don't know if it's mentioned how long he's been like fighting Melly or whatever. He said it was like. He was ruling the world for like fifty, like fifty years, and was bored, and then found the nemesis, mm, and then so yeah, that'd we be about sort of fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is that is a long game for uh, Melly to be playing, if that's the case. That's interesting. Yeah, but if they're immortal, like <laughs> yeah, you have you got time. time. Why not? <laughs> so my thoughts were along the same line, but I feel the need to come up with something else now. So <laughs> I've been thinking. <laughs> Melly, we've been we've been adversaries for about fifty years. Is that about right? I spent that's fifty. What, that, that, yeah, that's what we figured out. We think. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, having a having having a nemesis. I I found it striking the resemblance between the name Melly and then Molly. They're very very close together. Mm, true. No, yeah. What if Melly is Molly? And there's two ways that I, this could go. Either Melly is not alive born and is just another part of this thing, adventure, whatever the word wanna set up. Or Molly was alive born, spending time in Kai's state. They didn't really die, just got bored. Oh. It went back to their state and something's happened and has become Melly. But he Kai also said the creature I know is Melly. So could liveborn be other things as well, not necessarily Ooh. just humans? I don't know. Just thinking real wild. I don't know how any of these would pan out in the remaining, what, 38% of the book we've got to read. I don't know how that would go. But they're just some other thoughts that I have. It could, it could work. I like that. I like this idea that there's other species or so. It's like uh, it's like this is the future of World of Warcraft world or something, where you get all the different uh, species that eventually end up in jars. Mm. True. Another thought that I had was, what if Kai is actually the only liveborn in here? Oh. It's like it's just one big experiment to see if it even works. Maybe he's the first liveborn. That would be an interesting reveal, also. Hmm. So it's kind of like Joe said. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so so little book to wrap it up in as well. In the grand. <laughs> it, 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 we got half left. That's okay. Half of, half of the story, but that's not a lot of story. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh, I had one more thing that I was curious to to get input on. So, having read how this world works, if you got set up in your perfect whatever sort of universe, do you have any idea what, what do you think it would be like? Oh, that's a really hard question. Right? Yeah, that's a really hard question. I don't know. I like, I enjoy a good mystery. So I feel like if I was to be set up in my, my perfect world that was tailored for myself, I feel like there'd be a lot of like problem solving. I don't know what I would do, but there would be like using my brain that way, I think would be. Fun. It'd be like the, the Sherlock Holmes of that world. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that does sound fun. I would just be a perpetual cinema. Nice. Movies all the time. Very nice. <laughs> I think for me, 
I, I actually really like um, maybe not the specifics of how his magic works, but I, I kind of like Kai's setup. So I would want something like that with magic that I could learn and master, but I would also um, specifically, I'd, I'd want it to be more of like a feudal Japan style era with like demons and uh, samurai and Ronin. And that, I think that'd be pretty cool. Hmm. See, I, I I think that sort of thing sounds cool, but I don't know that I have the temperament for like a a fantasy <laughs> sort of uh, of world like that. Like, I like having indoor plumbing and air conditioning, yeah, and computers and things. Well, you know, so, I could create that with my magic. It's true. <laughs> so I I almost feel like my perfect world would be like what I imagine Mistborn Era Two is going to be like, where it's you know we got computers, internet modern technology but also there's magic that could be fun all right so obviously for next time we're going to finish reading the last four chapters of this so that will be that'll be fun for everyone and in terms of what we're going to next obviously the book hasn't officially come out yet there have been i've been seeing crop up all over the place copies are getting out there big bookstores have already received their shipments and some bookstores are less conscientious than others about street dates and holding Discord. books off the shelf until the right time so oh my god oh really that's mm. disappointing yeah i know right but it's i would have uh, thought that they'd be bound to yeah that's gotta be a legal requirement surely i think it yeah. probably is and but i for for a very long time i've seen that happen with various books some uh, that i followed yeah you'll just you'll just hear like oh the bookstore in my city put it out early and i bought it so uh I saw one yeah, guy post. I've seen post. that happen here in town before. I saw one guy post his book and he's like, "Yeah, I work at a bookstore and uh, we were pulling these out of the boxes in the back and I just walked up to the front and it scanned and I bought it." So I was like, "Okay, well that sounds like it's probably against the rules, but whatever." Yeah. Of course it's going to scan. Now a stock item. But so yes, that's uh the uh oh, I'm going to show you guys the lost metal. The I saw somebody uh it wasn't it's wasn't just American one. Somebody got a UK cover. I don't know, uh, or uh, it was in the UK, but uh, I, it was the first time I've seen the UK cover, and it looks kind of cool. I was going to show you guys uh, what that looks uh, like. This is illegal. You can't show us this. <laughs> I've been avoiding uh, actual spoilers, but I have had at least one person in the Discord tag me and be like, so I'm 75% of the way through this book, and I think it's going to be too spoilery for you guys to read next. So there's Aww. a good chance that we will not be moving into the Lost Metal next, and we will have to go to war. Ah, that guy doesn't know what's what. I mean, like I said, uh, we still have another week that we're going to be reading this, and by that time I will have to, had time to read the book and, we'll, and know for sure. But just to let you guys know, that may be the way that we're moving. Would that mean we then have to get through all the Stormlight books that have been released before we can read this one? Depending on what sort of thing is spoiled, I mean... I don't know if it'd be like actual characters or maybe it'll be like story points or maybe it'll be because actually in universe, the wax and Wayne books happen after the currently released stormlight books uh, in the timeline. Oh, okay. Not that that's been relevant in any way yet, but right. uh, it's possible that it could be. 
So or I it guess might, it might be like a more general thing where it's like you find out something about how the magic in the universe works that is revealed better in Stormlight. You know, there's all sorts of possibilities for what we could be looking at. And sure. so it, it may be a situation where it's like we have to read one Stormlight book or all of the ones out. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, we, we're probably too dumb to get whatever spoiling thing is in there. So let, we'll just read it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Uh, so yes, we will we will find out by the time we next record. I should hopefully know uh, what we will be moving into next. Yeah, and by the time this comes out, we'll be back from the con. Yep. So you if you didn't see us, you missed us. We were there. You guys go yeah. tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we're uh, yes, leaving. we're flying out tomorrow. Con is the next day and the day after that. Yeah. Nice. So welcome from the world of the past. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Since I knew that this might end up being a little shorter, the last episode got pretty long, and I knew that this one might be a little bit shorter, so I saved us some of the emails oh. to uh, to go over this time. So we have three emails we can do and one review, so I'll read the new review first. So, Joe, get ready for this one. Oh, okay. So it's a review, so we got to do a misty. Yep. A misty. We got uh, <laughs> a new review from Apple Podcast India. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. This one is from Diarius. And the title is Makes Me Feel Like a Cosmere Newbie. And there's five stars. And it's uh, the review says, apparently you can experience a Sander Lanch multiple times. The podcast has been an amazing way to relive theorizing, twists, and adrenaline that come with a first reading of Mistborn. And I can't wait to see the crew explore the rest of the Cosmere. Amazing for first-time readers. Welcome to follow along with, as well as for Cosmere knots, especially the fast ones who take one sitting per book to revel in the thrill of discovery and predictions that group so accurate, so accurately makes. I have come to appreciate Sanderson's works so much more now, except for spooks existence. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah, it's going to be a great con. I can tell you that anyway. <laughs> um, it's uh, Hey man, that was great. That was a great review. You're a seeker. Okay. Thank you for that review. If you guys want to get a misting power, from uh, assigned by Joe, then you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or another platform if there's other platforms you want to send me your five-star review on. If you would like to get a uh, a fairing power, then you can join our Patreon. I don't think we have any new patrons this time. I'll double-check. But... Double-check. Uh, no, I didn't. The Patreon. Wait, wait, when did we last record? Yeah, no, we're good. Now, for emails. Uh, I'm going to start with our most recent one, actually. This one is from Katie. It says, hi, Data, Jamie, Dak, and Joe. First time writing in. I'm so excited to write in for the first time. I read The Final Empire for the first time this summer and found your podcast around the same time. My plan was to read along with the episodes, but that didn't last long. I've since gone <laughs> all the way does. through. It never does. No, right, yeah. I don't blame <laughs> you. I've since gone all the way through Mistborn and Way of Kings, and I'm a quarter way through Words of Radiance. You can count me among the ranks of crazies who binge the whole podcast in a matter of a few weeks. I really wanted to catch up in time for the Lost Metals release. Though, to be fair, I skipped Elantris and Emperor's Soul episodes and plan to go back once I read those. Thanks for keeping mm. me company through hours of data entry at work. Uh, question for you all. Is there an upcoming book or series you're most looking forward to reading and why? I went directly from Mistborn to Stormlight because of all the hype I'd heard, though I know that's probably not the best reading order for catching all of the Easter eggs. I'm sure data has a personal favorite, but I'm not sure how much about the upcoming books the rest of the crew knows at this point. As in specifically Sanderson stuff that we're excited to get into. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess we don't, we don't, we're really guided through this by data. So we just kind of shut our eyes and just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'll admit that the prospect of going into Stormlight is fairly daunting considering how huge that mm-hmm. series is. Like, I gotta, I gotta, like, if, if you said to me Warbreaker or Stormlight at this point, I go Warbreaker because it's, it's, it's a one and done. Mm hmm. So it's like, oh, cool, you know, we'll get the story in that, like, start to finish. Whereas Stormlight, like, not only long, but also dense, isn't it? Yeah, yep. It's uh, it's one of those with lots of different characters and lots of stuff happening. So there's... Uh, oh, I can live with that. But... Lots of world building. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, our uh, podcast will crash and burn in the first of the Stormlight <laughs> Archive. <laughs> no, Joe's going to especially love the... The, the first the the first episode of the Stormlight Archive. So we'll, we'll do three chapters at the you know the, the first Stormlight book for the first episode, and I think there are literally three time jumps in those three chapters. Oh great! I love yeah. a I love a good time jump. <laughs> Look, not gonna lie, you said Joe's gonna love these bits, and I'm just like, oh fuck, is Spook coming back? <laughs> yeah, Spook is the main yeah. character of the Stormlight. It, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it, it turns out Spook is the main Bork. character of the Stormlight Archives. <laughs> oh no, Kelsia took him through the portal and left him on this other world, and now it's the adventures of Spook in the cosmos. Yeah. You know, uh, that might explain a lot about potential spoilers. That, like, we couldn't read the next book because of Stormlight spoilers if Spook was there. Yeah, <laughs> Spook oh, yeah. hangs out, yeah. Oh, gosh. I will say, for, as, as the person who knows all the stuff that's on the list, the thing that I, my personal favorite, as, as she says, the data probably has a personal favorite, I think of the stuff that we still haven't read yet, it's probably it's not even in the Cosmere. It's going to be after we finish the Cosmere. I think the Rhythmatist is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, you've mentioned that a few times, yeah. Yeah, you said that a few times. Really fun. Very very different from everything else that we've done, and I'm uh, I'll be excited when we get that far. Someday. I've, I've actually got a question for you on a, like in a similar sort of note, and like I'm not going to ask like for the specific answers or anything because that would obviously be spoiler heavy, but. So, Song of Ice and Fire, like, the Red Wedding is the big thing in there that everyone's like, oh, you kind of want to see everyone's reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Is the, like, without telling us what it is or even what book it's in, is there a specific moment in Stormlight that you are hanging out for us to get to? Uh... Like, like, like that that's that shattering or something? So... Not necessarily that emotionally shattering, but just that holy fuck moment. Probably not in the exact same way. There are I kind of mentioned last time that like we didn't get exactly the same moment uh, with the Kelsier reveal because we'd already read Secret History. But I was like, there's yep. other moments like that coming up, and that I'm trying to preserve for y'all so that the surprise will be there. And so yep. there's a couple of those that uh, I'm a huge fan of in some some books that we haven't read yet. That I'm like, ah, that'll be fun to see the reactions to that if it's anything okay. like my reaction initially. But there's there's a few. There's not like this one specific one overall. Just like that. That's the moment. No, I don't think so. I don't think that I would say that there's one giant. Yeah. I mean, like Song of Ice and Fire had others beyond besides the Red Wedding, but like that's what I everyone think, thinks of just because that's of how just how, how yeah huge it was. How huge, but also how just like sudden kind of it was. Yeah. Well, I think that was also I read somewhere like that point in the book that was what made the showrunners decide we need to turn this into a tv show that mm, scene i could see that hmm uh okay back to the email thanks again for putting together an awesome show proud to be a patron thanks for making me a wind whisper and excited to read along with whatever book is coming next for real this time wasn't to the time of next katie 
Nice. Nice. Yeah, that was awesome. I don't know. I'm I'm with Jamie on that. I'm follow Data's lead blindly, so I have no idea what to be excited for. Okay. One of the ones that I've been saving for a while here. Let's see. Uh, this is from Sasha, who we've heard from Sasha for a long time. Oh, hey. She's one of our early Hi, friends. Uh, this one is called Impartial Defense of Spook. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go, go ahead and uh, toss that one away. We'll move on to the next one. I was like, it was nice talking to you, Sasha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please write in again about a different topic and we'll read it on the show, but we're not reading this one. Joe's hey. about to hang up. Hey, Data, I've got another letter from the future. This one for the Vans of Morning epilogue episode. And then it cuts into, Dear Jamie, Dak, and Joe, I'm writing this the same week that Chapter 6 aired, which is the one where Marisai talks about the contents of the Lord Mistborn's little book, O Spikes. The general reaction was, What the rusting hell, spook? Oh, yeah. Which, which, yeah, it's pretty disturbing, but I don't think the entire blame lies with Lesterborns. Recall the ending of uh-huh. Secret History. I'd bet my medal that Spook's interest in hemallergy was instigated, or at least encouraged, by his partner in crime, One-Eye Kelsier. Hey, I'm, I mean, I'm not disputing that, but... No, no, no one's arguing that. Uh, but you don't need to write it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sends a follow-up email, which goes, On further thought, and particularly in light of Joe's reaction, I'd like to clarify that I'm not absolving Spook of responsibility for his actions. Hence the partial part. What I'm saying is that Spook's jaunt down creepy lane happened with Kelsier sitting in the back seat. Bring it on, Joe. Sasha. Uh, well, if, if you know anything about me, I, I, I don't, I don't believe in backseat drivers. You're in control of your own destiny. So when you, when you say, oh, well, somebody, somebody, uh, made me do it. It's like, nah, they really didn't, man. You were just like, oh, he's my friend. He won't steer me wrong. But you know what? You already were doing wrongs to begin with. So I'm not into it. And again, it's like. It's one thing for him to spook to do it, and there's another to leave the fucking instruction manual behind. True. Yeah. Why didn't you take that with you wherever you went? If you died, like, have it buried with you. I don't care. <laughs> if Kelsey it, is around, ask Harmony group. to come and get it. Yeah. Give it back. Give it to the Chandra. <laughs> Can you imagine some random Chandra like just gets killed at some point, like throughout the history of the world, and as they die, like this book just falls out of their body, and like yeah. people around are just like. What the fuck is that? They pick it up, they start reading. It's like, spiking people to take power? What is this? I don't know, man. Burn it. Sounds, for, yeah. sounds like satanic stuff loot. to you. I, I like the idea of like, actual loot dropping when you kill a company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, less What did your Kendra have? No, oh, just a couple of horseshoes. Yeah. Uh, look, man. You're not going to convince me that Spook's not ridiculous. He is. He was flawed <laughs> in the first book's his logic is flawed now. You know, he tell he, t- he tells women he knows why they're sad, and then he breaks up with them. <laughs> you know? I, That's not cool. We should put okay. that on the shirt. So, this email, <laughs> the, the last email we got is, it's a long and interesting sort of thing where this person is doing some chapter-by-chapter stuff for us, so we'll see what you guys think. This is from Vigo. And, Hi, uh, Vigo. Yeah. He says, hi again, guys. In case you don't remember me, I'm the guy who drew a comparison between the Coloss and the orangutan from the Jungle Book. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I asked if it was your cat when you yeah, wrote it yeah. the first time. That's the part I remember, yeah. Man, I'm not was, sure. Yeah. That was what, like, you won? You, you won and know. a bit? I don't know. Long-ass time ago. Yes. Right. Thanks for sticking I'm, with us, man. Seriously. 
I'm not sure how late slash early I'm sending this since you guys are a few episodes ahead. If you have already got past chapter 19, well, better late than never. If not, I would recommend waiting to read this until you've gotten to that point in the book at least. I just waited because he's got stuff on all the chapters up to 29, so I waited till we get to the end here. But Fair enough. I figured I should write in, seeing as I enjoy an element of the book that most people don't, which is the language of the person you meet in chapter 19. The language is based on Germanic languages, and since I'm from Norway, I can translate most of it. Since it does nothing but add to the story and doesn't contain any spoilers, I figured I would translate it for you guys. Oh. Before that, though, a few other things I wanted to say. First off, still enjoying the podcast. Second, I know that this is probably over a year late, but you guys once asked if there was anyone that really liked Zane, and if so, could they write in? I really enjoyed Zane as a character, and who and what Zane's god was was the mystery I was the most focused on when reading the book for the first time. Besides, I also really liked the pun that Zane thought he was insane. (laughs) Yeah, I I could give you that. (laughs) Uh, third data i was wondering if you've read the preview chapters of the lost metal and if so what do you think what did you think you can uh, in answer to that you can sign up for our patreon if you'd like and i have uh, recorded my reactions as i read all the preview chapters that have been out so far so like i assume that some some people may not be necessarily be able to afford it so like you like give a thumbs up thumbs down well i mean it's it's definitely interesting so far uh not not quite what i expected but it's interesting okay Fourth, I would recommend I would definitely recommend doing something like Alcatraz interspersed throughout Stormlight as it's one of those books that doesn't lose much if you forget a few details and you might do too much to do it all in a row. So to that point, since Stormlight books are so like bulky and big time commitment, I have considered that maybe we'll intersperse some other stuff in between there, but I'm actually going to leave that in part up to y'all. I think once we have finished a Stormlight book, I'll be like, okay, so do you guys feel like you're just so eager to know what happens next? You want to move right into the next one? Or do you guys what kind of want to take a break for a little bit? So that's that's my plan, is that when we get to those points, I will let you guys have some say in what we're doing. Cool. So that answers that. Uh, fifth, if you respond to it, it, to respond to the response to my last message, you can indeed burn a double amount of lorassium alloy, and it would give somewhat of a similar power to having a spike for the same power that you are misting in. Yeah, that that, that gets into some deep stuff that we're, we don't necessarily need to touch on. Now, on to the translations. I sorted them by chapter, so Data can do the translations as you read, which is I could have done, but I didn't because I didn't want to get into all that other stuff before we got there. And I, So, we start with chapter 19, and so these are bits from the book that we have just finished, which was called the bands of mourning sorry i'm looking for the bands of mourning on my kindle here it's like shit what book are we up to yeah i didn't i didn't forget what it was called but i was just going to try to uh, bring it up so i can remind everyone so ni- 19 <laughs> you did do the, the reading right yeah 19 <laughs> is the chapter where we meet our our new buddy alec in his cage and so it says chapter 19 please which is what alec says he's that's the only word that marisai understands is please while this might just have been him learning the one word please, there's also a possibility that he was using the Norwegian word plis, P-L-I-S-S, which sounds a lot like please, and is the Norwegian non-formal word for please. Like the word you would use when hanging out with a group of friends, but not the word you would use when sincerely asking for something. He might have used the word because he'd seen that people understood him when he used that word. Hmm. So next is chapter 20. The first word is he sees wax using his powers and he goes Botenstall. and marissa goes yeah alamancer so what uh 
Vigo says, is Fotenstall. This word is a lot of guesswork, and since Marisai assumes he's saying Alamancer, and Alamancer isn't an English word, uh, it could also just be made up. In Norwegian, if there was a double S, it would directly translate to the foot's stable, like a stable for horses, but for a specific foot instead. So make of that what you will. <laughs> a foot stable. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> After after Maris, so in the same scene, he goes foot install. Marisai goes, yeah, I'll answer. And then he says, Hunter Konge. And so what Vigo says is Hunter Konge. This one is a lot easier than the last one. And if you replace one N with a space, so it becomes Han Er Konge, it translates to he is king. Or in Norwegian slang, he is awesome. <laughs> so that fits. And then the last word from this chapter that uh, is translated for us is... Marisai is chewing on some painkiller, and then Alex says D-I-E-T-E-N, dietin, and puts her hand on the wound. So what Vigo says is this word just literally just means the diet. There might be some other meaning in one of the Germanic languages. I don't know enough of them to know what it would mean. Then again, he might just be one of those people that are constantly telling you to go on a diet. <laughs> like, pick your moment, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's one way to lose weight. <laughs> he's he's like you'd be really cute if you just go on a diet. Maybe we'll be in a relationship at some point. If, uh, if oh that. my god! Hot chocolate later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up with all the chocolate? That's a good question. Uh, I like hot chocolate. I don't know what to tell you. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> uh, chapter twenty one. He translates the name Alec. Names are always much more difficult to translate as they have many different roots. All, A-L-L, means the same in Norwegian and English, so there isn't much to guess there. If there was a third L in the name, it could be an array of different meanings. The word L-I-K means a bunch of different things. It could mean corpse or the same slash equals, the verb like. And while I have to admit that having a person named all corpses would be pretty cool, I doubt that's what was intended. (laughs) Sounds like he's uh, old spanky. (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, Alex's last name is never far, as we've and so it says last names are luckily a bit easier to translate, and I have a pretty good idea what this one means. While it could be that the name translated into English, I believe it's more likely that Brandon has taken inspiration from old Scandinavian last names. Back in that time, it was common to have your last name be one of your parents' first names and add son or daughter to it. For example, last names like Wilson or Odinson. I believe that Brandon took inspiration from this and instead of adding son or daughter, added father or mother. So father is far in Norwegian and never, while not a name I've ever heard before, would not strike me as an extremely unusual name. In Norwegian, it translates directly to fists. So now we have all corpses and his father fists. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah my dad is uh, is fisty. Fisty <laughs> McGee. Uh, <laughs> father fist just sounds like um a, you know, a real B-movie it's like centered around um, like some monsters are attacking a town. They have to go to the local preacher to save them. It's like, oh, it's time for Father Fist. And he just goes out and starts punching every monster inside. Yeah. Or like a bad kung fu movie. It's like Father Fist. I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah. It's like uh, he's like the shredder. He's got the fist clan. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Father Fist and the fist clan. I think it makes me think of like a D&D monk because they're very punchy. Sure. Yep. They like to use water whips too. The name, okay, so the name of the ship, the craft ship, is Brunstel. 
He says, this one I don't have much on. Brun translates to brown, and Stell translates to take care of. So I don't really know what to do with that information. <laughs> take care of the brown. Uh, <laughs> and then it the last... Like wasn't really translating anything. It's still fun, though. <laughs> it is fun. Uh, <laughs> but none of these words make sense. <laughs> yeah. The last one is is just yah, Y-A-H, and then he says it's spelled J-A, and that means yes, which, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Okay, that was chapter 21. Chapter 22, Wilg, W-I-L-G, that was the name of the, the little, the smaller ship that came out of the bigger one. This one I have nothing on. If you twist it enough, it could mean V-I-L-L, meaning wild, but that's a big stretch. Then we have Jägenmeier. This one I also have very little on. The start could mean hunter, which, yeah, that's what Jaeger, uh, but I wouldn't put money on that. Hare and Fru, these literally mean Mr. and Mrs., but could also mean Lord and Lady. And then Svel, S-V-E-L. The closest name to this in Norwegian is Sven, which just means young man, and there isn't really any other meaning. And then we have Etmetal. And that directs tra directly translates to a metal. But if you think of it in a bit more flowery way, it could mean something like the one metal. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so then chapter 28. Only two chapters left of this. Okay, so after Steris and Alec watch Marisai fly off into the sky, he says, Forolate men! Exclamation point, And then waves his hand in a gesture and says, For Salvin. And so... What Vigo says is four late men. If you take away the first A, it directly translates to leave men, which he's telling her to run. So I guess that does make sense. And then it, for four solvent, he says, if you take away the A and the I, it means disappear. If you take away the A and the I, that's F-O-R-S-L-V-N. Four solvent. That, that's hard to say. I could understand why you would add more vowels to that if you were writing it into a book. Um, and then lastly... 29, Jordis is the name of the captain, and he says, this is a, this is similar to a few Norwegian names, but we don't know the origin of those names, or they sound too different from Jordis. It does, however, translate directly into earth ice or dirt ice, which I found I find quite fitting, seeing as they think of this time as an ice age, and therefore a name that could be interpretive, interpreted as earth is ice has a nice sound to it. Sure. And then the other, per, the other person, the, like, uh, engine master or whatever was called Petrin or Petrine. And he says, this is an actual Norwegian name that 84 people have. It's the male form of Peter and means rock, stone, or cliff. Hope you guys are doing well. Vigo. Sorry, can we just go back to like 84 people have been named that? <laughs> That's so specific. I know, right? I was thinking the same yeah. thing. Because like, I mean, I don't know. Peter, Peter is such a common name here with the, with that equivalent. It's clearly not a common name, like a Norwegian I, name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why the eighty-four specifically. I don't, I don't get it. But <laughs> yeah, that is strange. Maybe, maybe they have like a public database of names that have been used in the country. Yeah, it's amazing. And when you think about so many cultures, like there's Petra and Pietro, mm -hmm. and like they're all kind of variations of the same name. I would just eighty-four. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I learned something new today. Wow. Yeah, I'll forget uh, it by by the yeah, end of this right. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vigo. That's I mean I don't I don't know how accurate any of that was, uh, but it it was fun. <laughs> it was very entertaining, and uh, you know 
for all I know, Vigo's not even Norwegian. He's just making some some crazy shit up. But I had fun sure. with it, so that's what matters. This has been the etymology portion of the podcast. <laughs> and I, I, I could have done as he suggested and read those as we went along, but I, I elected not to because I didn't want to potentially, uh, you know, pick and choose something uh, bad in there that might reveal something coming up or something. So sometimes, sometimes it's better for you not to know what he's trying to say. It's true. So if anyone would like to send us an email... Like those folks did. The email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. That's thesanderlanch with a T-H-E at the beginning and an E at the end. Those are the points of contention that we've come up against at, at times. Uh, and a sandwich in the middle with no E. Yeah. Because on the end. Yeah. I'm not helping. No. Not, not, <laughs> don't, nobody listen let me, to Let me do it. T-H-E-S-A-N-D-E-R-L-A-N-C-H-E at gmail. G-M-A-I-L. <laughs> sure. <laughs> in case you didn't know that part. Oh gosh. You can find us uh, uh, online on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Patreon and various other places like that. As I mentioned, I have been posting the uh, my reactions to live reading the chapters of the Bands of Morning. So that is the uh, what, what's happening on the Patreon just now. The Lost Metal, rather than the Bands of Morning. Oh, did I, did I say the Bands of Morning? I was looking at yeah. the Bands of Morning, and so, yeah. Sorry. Yes, The Lost Metal. Thank you. Yeah, not the book we already read. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading that one again just for fun, you know. Uh, yeah, posting as, his 20th time reaction to it. <laughs> as Joe mentioned, we will be at last week, for everyone listening to this episode, we yeah, will I was have to say, we'll have come back. Yeah. We, we will have attended the uh, Dragonsteel Minicon, and we may do some patron content where joe and i like talk about some stuff that happened there depending on what goes on so then that may be another thing you see pop up music by miracle of sound this for next time remember we're finishing up the short story perfect state or maybe novella i don't know which category this falls into i, there's I think it's a novella it has chapters okay I, yeah I'll, I'll buy novella. that so we're finishing that up for next time if anyone's reading along I hope you've enjoyed our little detour out of the Cosmere as uh, we go into Perfect State, which I, I like Perfect State a lot. I think I had it in my original list of where I have everything laid out, what we're going to do, what we're going to read, and when we're going to read it. This was towards the bottom of the list. It was going to be one of the very last things we read. And my note says, weird and interesting novella. So um, <laughs> uh, the uh, we're, we're going to finish that up next time, and I guess that'll move uh, off of the end of the list. And then, uh, who knows, some of these other non-Cosmere items, as someone mm. suggested, may end up uh, popping in at different times. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I know you guys were hounding data for some for some perfect state. Well, wait wait no longer. It's not at the end of the list now. Well, it's yeah. funny, because as soon as uh, – not the, the last episode that we recorded, because that one hasn't come out yet. The one before that was the one where I was like, I haven't decided yet what we're going to do next. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we might pick something small and put it in here. As soon as the, the day that episode came out, a bunch of people in the Discord were like, hey, perfect state would be the perfect size for this. And so we'd already recorded the next episode where I was like, we're going to do perfect state next. So I, I thought that was <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it, it was a recommendation that many people made in the Discord. So I guess maybe on some level they were like, hey, mm. we're, we're waiting for it. Perfect state. Give it to us now. <laughs> Uh, and so after the next episode where we're, we finish Perfect State, we will either be moving directly into the Lost Metal or we will be starting Warbreaker. So uh, I guess I mean, we'll, have, we'll have to see which way it goes. 
I'm I, I think I'm with everybody else here and hoping that there will be a way that we can just finish Mistborn and we don't have to like leave this story and come back and finish the story way down the line. But uh, I'll have to see what's best for the show. I mean, it's also at your discretion because I mean, so like, how many people just said they're like, yeah. no, you can't, you can't do secret history until after we do Bands of Mourning. We decided, nah, fuck that. Oh yeah, no, I, I know. It's absolutely up to my discretion. That's why I was just like, it, I, I'm, I'm gonna pick <laughs> what I think is best for the show, and that's, I'm 100% the only one deciding what's best for the show because you guys have no idea what's coming up next, and I'm. Best, so. <laughs> so we'll let we'll let Joe decide what we're gonna read next. Ah, <laughs> hmm. well, give me a list, and I'll just. <laughs> play any mini mini mo and we are gonna bring uh what's the third book in the uh stormlight archives <laughs> that would be Oathbringer. we're gonna bring the, we're gonna read that first before the, first, <laughs> the other two <laughs> it's like joe just goes off script completely it's like yeah, for the next book we're reading it's uh hey shay wells is the invisible man let's go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's read the invisible man that's about racism instead that's even more off the beaten track <laughs> yeah i forget I definitely... the author of that book I definitely consider what other people have to say, but ultimately I had a vision for the show from the before I even suggested to Dak that we do it. I think Dak may have been the person I, I talked to first. Maybe it was Joe. I don't remember. One of the two. But that before was a while I, ago. Yeah, it was, it's been so long now. Before I even suggested it, I had a vision for how the whole thing would go. So while I am happy to get opinions and listen to other people, I am going to be making the decision. But I, like I said, I am also hoping – that once I read it, I will be able to be like, okay, so it's best for the show to do Mistborn next, but I'm I'm gonna go with what I think is gonna be uh, is gonna be best, and it, it it may come down to a case of you know there's this amazing red wedding moment down the line, and I don't want to lose it, so I'm gonna keep us on this certain track. We'll see. Sure. So tune in next week to find out which way that's gonna go. I'm interested to find out also. So. <laughs> <laughs> Find out how Data puts his foot down in the next episode of The Sanderlanch. So wait, uh, I don't, I don't a, even, sorry, you were saying, Jimmy? Do we need a foot stable? Would you, uh, <laughs> we need a foot stable for the foot. Yes, I love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, what what day is the book out again? It will come out uh, the fifteenth, which is okay. Yeah, so only, Tuesday. All right, so a couple a couple of days. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, so like you guys get back from the con and it's out then. Uh, well, I mean, we're It'll going be, to the we'll release party the for the book party. on Tuesday, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, so... so I, will, I will also probably just go ahead and purchase a copy then, but I will not read it. Yeah, and I'm assuming, Data, you will just straight up, like, once you once you get home, or probably on the plane ride home, you'll just finish the book. So I will definitely... That that's going to be part of the issue because I promised that I'm going to record my reactions. Oh, so I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to sit on the plane and do that. That would look really weird. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> I may have he can't to do it in the hotel room with me. The so. flight attendant, oh my god, this just happened! The flight attendant's yeah. like, get the fuck away from me! And I can't do it in the hotel room <laughs> with Joe, exactly, so I may have to wait till He's I also, back. Uh, We're also sitting next to each other on the plane, so he'll probably have to wait, no matter what. <laughs> it's like, just, hey, could it, does anyone want to switch seats? He's <laughs> like, Joe, leave the hotel room, go somewhere else for a while, I gotta, I gotta do this. <laughs> Beyond all of that, <laughs> music by yeah. Miracle of Sound. And uh, wasing to the time of next. Colo? 